Welcome to the Glittering Bell Jar, a Harry Potter podcast. I'm Valerie. And I'm Bree. We're two writers and Harry Potter fans. In this podcast, we explore the Harry Potter series by reading it backwards. As you might recall, Harry and his friends discover the power of the Glittering Bell Jar in the Department of Mysteries as it causes objects to move backward and forward through time. We're doing the same thing each week, working backwards through a few chapters, starting with Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Ready to explore Harry Potter in a new way? Then join us in the Glittering Bell Jar. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Glittering Bell Jar. This is Season 2, Episode 13. We are almost halfway through Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, but as a friendly reminder, we're reading it backward. My name is Valerie. I am your co-host, and I'm here with my co-host, Bree. How's it going today, Bree? Hi, Valerie. I am good. I'm doing good today. It is still crazy hot here in Durham, North Carolina, but I have an air conditioner, and so I keep it nice and cold, so I'm happy. <laughs> How are you? Yeah, I saw on the social media, other people I know who are in like the southern eastern seaboard. I don't know if it's called the eastern seaboard when it's south of the Mason-Dixon, but it's been like crazy hot. Like people are grateful that it's down in the 70s at night. You know, like that's how 70 is like, oh, it's lovely and cool. Gosh, 80 is like it's lovely and cool. Uh, It was like 97 the other day. And it's May. It's not normally that hot here from what I understand. It's Mm -hmm. whenever I Googled it to live here, it said like, 80s is the normal summer norm and then like you might of course get some 90s but not much and it's may and it was 97 for like three days it was awful we had here in northeast ohio we had a day last week it was like 87 or 86 or something was the high and i was outside and i said to my husband i was like it feels like a late summer day like it smells like a late summer day the temperature the humidity like it is not even memorial day as we're recording this and we are already in thoroughly in summer. Meanwhile, out in the West, it's still snowing, you know, like it's, it's everywhere. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my sister lives in Colorado, Colorado Springs and she sent me like beautiful pictures. It looks like December, <laughs> like feet, feet and feet of snow. So yeah. Well, I'm good. Thank you for asking. Uh, coming back to that question. I spent my day making candles. It's something that I offer through a couple of my websites and I had an order come in. I usually make them Uh, basically make them to order because candles do lose their strength, their smell Mm. strength over time. So I wanted to make sure I don't I don't like keep a stock of them generally. And so I had an order come in and I wanted to make them and it's weird, actually, I was just smelling them and some of them they don't smell very strong, which is not a big deal. Actually, there's this thing in candle making where there's like it's what's called your hot throw and your cold throw. So your hot throw is how it smells when it's burning and your cold throw is when it's cold Mm -hmm. and they smell totally different so when you go to a candle store and you smell something it's really not a valuable way to assess whether or not you're going to like the smell when it's hot because it's going to be basically completely different okay love that uh do you have any harry potter candles i do not i have long wanted to make oh my god what is the name of the potion spell that we're going to talk about today that is in the cauldron cakes uh that potion spell, the love potion okay i can't remember the name of it the love potion i can't remember the name of it right this minute i wanted to make candles that was like harry what harry smells and what hermione smells because they both describe it and i have not yet figured out a good combination of scents for them 
Come on, Hermione. I know. I know. I know. I know. I have all the pieces. It's really hard to find things. Like, I think I got, for Hermione, I got, like, I got one called Library, which I really like. So it's like, of course, Hermione's going to have a library scent. And then I got one called Spearmint and Eucalyptus, because I think in the, it's in the movie that the descriptions happen, but she's like, it smells like uh, toothpaste or something like that. And it's like, Spearmint and Eucalyptus, like, that's too. And then for Harry, I got... Freshly mown grass, I believe, and mahogany teak wood, which is meant to be like a broomstick candle. And then I got, uh, it's called hot buttered maple syrup, and it was my my proxy for treacle tart. But that's assuming those things go together, and they don't necessarily go together in the scent when you mix them. So I haven't made any Harry Potter candles yet, but if you're listening and you're like, I'm willing to buy a bad smelling candle, or make me one and I'll let you know if it smells bad or not, I will make some for you. Just let me know. Like, reach out to us on social at Pod, and I can make some candles and send them out to people. Yeah. How much are they? So I do, and you can't see it unless you're watching on YouTube. They're kind of little. Like, I, people often are surprised at how small they are. It's like a maybe a two and a half ounce tall uh, candle, but it burns for 16 hours. It's actually surprising how long they go. Wow. And they are $7.99. Oh, that's cheap. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, they're little, but they're little prices. That's how I like to think of it. Yeah. Maybe I'm going to order some. Maybe I'm going to, I just want to see if you can do it. I'm going to help you <laughs> continue this business. Maybe I should do, like, I might be able to do Neville. Neville might be a little easier, or Luna. Like, I feel like I should look at the other characters. We could brainstorm some on social media with people and see, like, what sense do you imagine? Yeah. Or, like, the Weasley twins. I feel like I would have the hots for the Weasley twins. So if you can, we can figure that out, maybe. <laughs> the Weasley twin scented candle? Yeah, or Bill. Bill's kind of hot to me too, you know? Yeah. Actually, what's funny you say this, because over on my Harry Potter blog, Follow the Butterflies, I have candle posts. Like I have Weasley Twins candles. I have Hermione candles. People make them. So you don't have to wait for me. If you (laughs) really want one that hopefully smells good. Though I will admit, in researching those stories, most of the times the things that people make the candles smell like aren't what I would make want them to smell like. Like They're not what I imagine that the character's scent profile would be. Right. And I want your idea because I feel like, you know, obviously I respect your Harry Potter opinion. <laughs> it is deeply uh, embedded in my encyclopedic knowledge of these books. So it is trying to stay true to canon at least. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. All right. Well, amazing. I love that. Yes, please let us know if you want a candle. But... Are you excited for today's episode? I am. I am. So I think I mentioned it at the beginning. Maybe I didn't. We're covering chapter 18. It's called Birthday Surprises. And uh, as a reminder, if this is your first episode, we are reading the book backward. I think I said, I definitely said that at the beginning. So what you need to do is you need to go back and start at episode one of season two. If you want this to make sense, because we do reference previous episodes because we're moving backward, you're going to have to go start at the beginning of the end and the end of the beginning. You know, that's just how it goes. So with that, uh, we're starting chapter 18, birthday surprises. Brie, take it away. All right. The chapter begins in potions class with Professor Slughorn teaching... Gulpalot's third law, which explains how to make an antidote for poison. An extremely complicated potion. No one, including Hermione, is able to complete it in time. Lucky for Harry, the Half-Blood Prince once again has saved the day and inside the potions book is the answer. Well, a half answer, kind of a cheat of an answer, but an answer nonetheless, shove a bazaar down their throat. Next, they have apparitions class, where Harry overhears Malfoy talking to Crabbe and Goyle, insisting they be on his lookout and not to worry about the details. He decides then to use the Marauder's map to keep an eye on him. On the day of Ron's birthday, he wakes up to loads of gifts and immediately begins opening them. In the pile was a box of chocolate cauldrons that he ate, which proved to be poison with love potion from Romilda Vane, actually meant for Harry. They rushed off to Slughorn's office, where he created an antidote for the potion. 
To give Ron some pep after the event, Slughorn opened up a bottle of oak-matured mead, mint for Dumbledore. Poor Ron takes the first drink and begins foaming at the mouth and turning blue. Slughorn, frozen on the spot, proves useless as he is in shock. Harry leaps into action and finds the bazaar that he used in class and shoves it into Ron's mouth. And the final sentence of this chapter is, Harry hurtled back to Ron's side, wrenched open his jaw, and thrust the bazaar into his mouth. Ron gave a great shudder, a rattling gasp, and his body became limp and still. Which we thankfully know is not Ron dying. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Now that we are reading it backwards, it's like, oh my God, did Ron just die? Now that I just read it and it's on its own. (laughs) No, no, don't worry. As you know, from last episode, Ron's okay. (laughs) From all the episodes that we've already done. (laughs) Well, and it's like a stone. I'd be scared to choke my friend, but I guess at that point he's dying. You got to like risk it, but. Yeah, I don't know how it works. I don't want to know how it works. I mean, it's probably not a very big stone. It's probably like a pebble, you know, like like agricultural animals. I don't know, herd animals. They eat stones to help them digest. It's probably not like, it's probably like a size of lima bean or something. There's one out of left field for you. Of all the choices, I went with lima bean. <laughs> right, instead of like a pebble, you know, which is also another way to describe it. Well, pebbles can be varied in size, but a lima bean is consistent, okay? <laughs> fair, okay. Fair you know, enough. those are like, I don't know what happened. What happened to the lima bean? Like that was like in trend for a while. Remember, did you have to eat lima beans as a kid? Yeah, I, I, I refused though. I was a brat. Yeah, they're like they're like awful, and yet our families made this. They're eat so them. gross. They're mushy, and they're now they're not. Yeah, we had like lima bean soup. Oh, I like lima bean soup. I think that'd be okay. I like eating a, li- a cooked lima bean. It's like mushy and big. Anyway, <laughs> we just dated ourselves in a very obscure way. <laughs> Only a certain generation of children know what lima beans are and how disgusting they are. Yeah, lucky them. <laughs> All right. So, what did you find in this chapter? Sure. So, you know, the first thing I noticed was Hermione's, I guess, attitude. And I I think I knew this, but just reading the chapter reminded me just for one, how in competition Harry and Hermione were that we often don't talk about because they both are very smart. And second, of how insanely jealous she was of Harry because of the book, because she did feel like he was cheating. And I think the only reason she cared is because he was besting her. If she had been number one and he had been number two, I don't think she would have cared as much about him using the book. Yeah, she just didn't think he came by it honestly, too. Like, if Mm -hmm. Harry were just naturally good at potions, like he is at Defense Against the Dark Arts, she doesn't disrespect him or, like, compete with him. She's just like, yeah, you're clearly the best. But she's like, you're not the best. You have a cheat code, and you're using it, and you're, you're getting away with it, and I don't, like, I don't like that. Like, I'm a Gryffindor. I'm, like, honest and brave and true. You know, I need things to be in line with that, and they're not. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I'm a bit of a rule follower, too. Like, in certain ways, not necessarily in society. I mean, I lived in a camper van, right, and, like, abandoned everything. But, like, I don't like when people cut in line. I, you know, I don't, um, I don't like people are rude to each other. I just, there's certain societal rules that I think keep the world peaceful and happy, and yeah, I just, it would, it would probably annoy me too, unfortunately. I want to be like, yeah, go Harry, but probably in real life, I would be on Hermione's side. I'm 100% on Hermione's side. I would be very annoyed. And I, I think it's actually a testament to Hermione, her loyalty to Harry, that she doesn't report him. Like, Professor, he's got a book. Go look at his text. But like, that's, I would struggle. <laughs> it's not like he bought it specifically because it had all this extra information that makes him better. It's like it came to him by chance. And that's different to me. I don't know. But it would still annoy me tremendously. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, it is complicated though, right? Because Harry, Harry just keeps not having the chance to tell Slughorn. Because there's a couple times where he's about to tell him. Like, because he asks him if he just, oh, you just got it from your wit. 
you know, you just thought of it yourself. And before Harry can even answer, he's like, of course you did. You're just like your mom. Oh, you're <laughs> just like your mother. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Although I will say, uh, speaking of Hermione, I do love her. I think it's funny when she's constantly making fun of Ron. Uh, <laughs> keep saying Juan, Juan. <laughs> like she just keeps using it very uh, viciously. So yeah, I will admit I had to rack my memory because we're reading backward of what she's so- I knew it had to do with lavender, of course, of what she's so mad about. Because we're stepping backward, like she's she's getting madder and madder. So like last episode, we were she was at the the hospital wing and she was like less mad. And then they kind of reconciled in the episode before that. But she's like getting more and more mad about it. And I'm like, I mean, now that I remember why she's mad, I'm mad for her too. Like I'm definitely all about Hermione's like code of conduct this time. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I'm remembering the movie version. I'm not remembering the book version of why she's mad. So um, it's the same. Oh, okay, <laughs> great. Okay, perfect. Yeah. It's okay. Same. Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of the memory from the movie as well, but it is the same. Oh, you know what? Go ahead. And then I have some fun stuff to dive into, but I want to hear what you have to say about this first part of the chapter. Well, I actually don't have anything in the potions classroom part of the chapter. We've covered everything I had. Oh, okay. Well then we'll try to make this quick because we're already, we're already making this a long one. Uh, sorry guys. We No, I had a story. I, I, was ta- I was talking about candle making. It was very important. If they stuck through it, Let's just keep going. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So I was... Thank you for sticking through Yeah. It. Thank you. Always. Uh, so I was super intrigued. If you listened to, I believe the last episode, we talked about nonverbal incantations and you mentioned um, Dumbledore using his wand whenever he had Harry be immobile underneath or in the astronomy tower. And I was like, I don't remember. I didn't go back to confirm because it doesn't really matter in my point. But the point is that you can do nonverbal incantations without a wand. And I looked and it's actually on Pottermore. So uh, JK Rowling herself wrote about it. And basically the wand is a European invention. So they decided to use that to kind of, it helps make your magic more accurate and to kind of channel your magic. But other countries like Africa, they didn't use wands. And so you had to be a very, very powerful witch or wizard to do magic because you didn't have the wand. And so it, people, um, Quarrel was able to do it because he had, you know, Voldemort like in his head, on his head, literally. <laughs> literally. <laughs> And then Dumbledore was another person. And I do believe that he didn't use his wand um, at that moment. And that's why Malfoy was able to like get it away because he was actually doing the spell, paying attention to Harry. But again, not the point. The point is that you can do it, but you have to be very, very powerful. Hmm. The reason I bring this up is during the chapter, Hermione has gotten so good that she's doing nonverbal incantations so that nobody can cheat, but she is waving her wand. So that's still impressive that she can do them, but um, yeah, not without her wand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. I didn't even catch that. I don't. I guess I didn't imagine that you could do magic without some sort of object to channel the magic through. So that's really interesting. Yeah. All right. What do you got? So what I have is from the apparitions class, okay. and I was really pleasantly surprised that Susan Bones is the very first Hogwarts student of their year to apparate. I mean, she splinches herself, but she apparates, <laughs> yeah. and she's a Hufflepuff. And I was like. I appreciate oh. that this is a this is a name that dates back to the very beginning of the series. She is in the the year with them. She is sorted at the same time they're all sorted, and she is a Hufflepuff, so she's not like I mean you would imagine it would be a Ravenclaw. Like who of who of anybody in this class is going to be the first person to apparate? It's either going to be Hermione or a Ravenclaw, and it's neither. It's a Hufflepuff, and I just wanted to give a little shout out to my Hufflepuffs out there because uh, yeah, Susan Susan Bones, well representing. Yeah, that's very cool. I didn't even I mean I saw that of course that she splinched herself, which was pretty horrific i mean she literally her legs like out (laughs) outside of the the hoop Uh, if you didn't read the chapter basically they have everyone in a room and you have a hoop in front of you and your your job is to get inside the hoop and uh well she got inside the hoop but her leg did not so (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I just, I just I like have a very strange vision of like from, I don't know if it says it exactly like, okay, it says her left leg, but I just think of like from the knee down. So she's like wobbling there on one, on her right leg and like from the knee down of her left leg. That would be also totally traumatic, right? Like I would be traumatized seeing that I left a limb behind and magically they fix it right away, but like still, still terrifying to experience. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? That only kind of gives more juice to, in the last chapter, we talked about how, I think McGonagall, somebody mentions that parents are often uneasy about having all these kids learning magic at Hogwarts. And so it's already something that Dumbledore and the the teachers have to constantly battle. And it makes so much sense. They're doing some intense magic, man. You got teenage kids with their hormones, like doing these crazy things that could kill them. And she literally splinches her leg. Uh... (laughs) Yeah, so. I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I'd w- be way more comfortable with my kid being at a school with a bunch of like very qualified professionals supervising them than at home with me, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know, that's just my, I'm like, please send them to school where there are people who are trained to know how to solve what happens when your kid splinches themselves. True, that is fair, yeah. So they don't like hurt me. Like take them there and you can risk getting hurt. So I only have one more note from this <laughs> chapter, but it's a pretty lighthearted one. Do you have anything else you want to cover? I do. Mine's also pretty light though, so. Is it about pants? <laughs> no okay. Oh, okay we'll leave we'll leave on your note because yeah. that sounds funny yeah okay all right um I just thought it was interesting and again I've been thinking about this but there was never a time to mention it in one of our episodes Harry I'm just constantly surprised at how talented Harry is and another thing that proves how talented he is is Harry operates him and Dumbledore out of the lake whenever in the cave and that is the only other time he had done it himself with his own mind was in a hula hoop he was able to one time he operated from outside the hula hoop, inside the hula hoop. But whenever they were in danger, he was literally, he's like, it's okay, Professor Dumbledore, you know, I, I, we're gonna be fine. And he's like, or don't be nervous. And he's like, well, why wouldn't I be? I'm with you. And now I realize he probably said that like, fingers crossed this kid does not splinch me. <laughs> I gotta give him confidence before we operate. <laughs> yeah, there's not really a good, there's not really a good analog in the muggle world for that. Like, is it like flying a plane? Like he's flown a plane twice before and once it, it like he's flown a plane twice and it was like a tiny little plane. And then he's with Dumbledore and he's gotta fly 747 you know like is it that like I mean I think it's like driving I think it's just like driving kind of but obviously scarier but it it can be scary (laughs) right (laughs) the stakes are a lot higher I think I mean driving is driving is one of the most dangerous things you can do which nobody likes to be reminded of but yeah it does feel like I feel like the stakes feel higher when you're learning to fly than versus when you're in like when you're learning to drive (laughs) for sure that's true yeah Okay, I want to hear. Let's hear your pants story. That's a good one. Okay, so I mean, my pants story, it's just its just uh, the note that when they're leaving apparition class, Ron and Harry are walking back to the Gryffindor common room and they come across Peeves who had blocked a corridor and was saying he wouldn't let anyone pass unless they, unless they set their pants afire, which Neville does. And then I was thinking, I was like, by this point in the books, JK Rowling has shifted where she's using a lot. Well, what I should say is they've shifted the editing from a lot of the Britishisms that they had removed in earlier books to make it appealing to the American audience, they're letting a lot more of those through now. So my question is, when we hear pants, do we mean external trousers or internal like underwear? Oh. Because <laughs> in Britain, it's underwear. It Pants is underwear. And we're in that stage of the series where it should mean underwear. So Neville comes in and he's lit his underwear on fire. Oh my gosh. Look. 
through his robes, I guess. Like, I, I was just sitting there and I was like, I really don't want to be thinking about this in too great a detail. <laughs> and it's really a silly thing to wonder. But hey, isn't that what we're coming here for every episode? I mean, yeah, yeah. Let's see. I kind of want to read, because he goes back into the room, um, up to their uh, dorm mm-hmm. room, and I want to read the exact text. It just says, Neville entered the dormitory, bringing with him a strong smell of singed material and began rummaging in his trunk for a fresh pair of pants. Oh, Oh my gosh. It's not clear which <laughs> pants it is. So, dear audience, if you have an idea, if you would like to take a stand on the pants versus pants debate, the great pants versus pants debate of the Glittering Bell Jar, find us on social media. It kind of gives a new perspective for um, the fact that the character, or the actual actor who played Neville, whenever he did the uh, the Calvin Klein ad, it's like he's getting his revenge on pants or underpants. <laughs> yeah, they're to set these on fire. <laughs> he kind of did, though, let's be honest. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> as I said it, I started laughing. That was probably one of the best laughs I've had. Was like, that was a, I'm a little uncomfortable. I think we got to wrap it up here. <laughs> okay, everyone. I was just going to say, someone just asked if this was kid-friendly, and I told them, like, for the most part, and we make jokes and let you know whenever it's not kid-friendly. But, of course, this episode. Honestly, if you're a human adult and you have a little kid, there is nothing inappropriate about that photo shoot. I mean, he's not wearing very much clothing, but I've seen less on the red carpet. So it's it's kid appropriate. You just be like, they, you'd be like, why are those girls giggling so much? Well, those those ladies are grown up and they get silly sometimes. <laughs> okay, everyone, with that, with that, all the silliness and the kid friendliness of that ending segment, uh, we will wrap it up here. Thank you so much for joining us. It was a wonderful 20-ish minutes that you spent with us. As a reminder, we are doing one chapter per episode, so not like last season. You can just tune in, you can go back, you can go forward listening to other episodes. Uh, you should now grab your phone because we're reaching the end and you should head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify Spotify podcasts or whatever you're listening on and leave us a five-star rating and review. That word of mouth is super, super important. I know you don't think of it as word of mouth because you're not telling someone, but what you're telling is an algorithm and algorithms tell other people. So it is word of mouth for us. It helps us grow. We really appreciate it. You can also, as I mentioned, find us on social media. Bree, want to remind everyone where they can get us? Of course. Yeah. Bell Jar Pod on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Um, Head over give us a follow, send us a message, send me a message, I will message you back, add a comment, uh, share it with a friend. Yeah, you should share it with a friend. How about you share it with a friend who you know, their favorite book is Half-Blood Prince. Like it is our favorite book. Uh, that seems, this seems like the perfect time to do that. If they like this book, that that's what we're doing. That's what we're in the middle of. So we hope that they will enjoy it. Thanks for sharing with your friends and family. And with that, we will see you next time. Thanks for joining. Glittering Bell Jar is a Harry Potter podcast produced by the Calibro Group in partnership with Wild Goose Creatives. It is an unofficial fan project and is not authorized, approved, licensed, or endorsed by J.K. Rowling, her publishers, or Warner Brothers Entertainment Incorporated. Our theme music is Carnival of the Animals R125, Aquarium by Moments, licensed via Soundstripe. You can discover even more magic on followthebutterflies.com.